It is Monday, December 23rd, and coming up, things got frosty between Isaiah Thomas and the Philadelphia crowd over the weekend, and the state of New York is finally recognizing hip-hop. All that more coming up in minutes. This is The Tune-Up. Good morning. Welcome on into the show. My name is Denny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the snare campaign provocateur, Mr. I'm not here to pick a fight during the Festival of Lights. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? <laughs> I like that you're recognizing that. Yeah, of course. Well, I try to be like... It's Christmaka week. Yeah, I try to be cool about it. Yeah, you know? of course. Like, uh, I had some issues when I was a kid where, where my family was a little too, like... I'd say a little, like, too broad-shouldered about our own Judaism. Oh, where really? I was just like, you know what? Like... This is where we live. You just got to let it go a little. And because of how I was raised in just a very American situation, yeah. <laughs> I really like Christmas. You know, I like the movies. I like the trees. Right. I like people even pretending to be nice to each other, like every, you know, for a couple of weeks. I don't really care why. Where do you come down on the Christmas drinks, though? Your eggnogs and then some of the bars in the city that have these fancier cocktails. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind like a, a, a mold cider, you know. I think that's where I'll go. Something like a, a nice hot cider with some rum. Is that what you put in cider? Rum? Yeah, yeah. Or brandy. Both, maybe. Who yeah, knows? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll I, take either. I'll take either. The, it the, the nice. closest thing I get to that kind of cider is your Angry Orchards or something from New York State like oh, that. Oh, come yeah. on! You got to step it up. Because you can't go from cold takes to hot takes, it is time for our Don't Fuck This Up person or thing of the week. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. And the last thing I said to him, I said, look, man, don't fuck this up for me. Don't fuck it up. Benny, what do you got? Uh, Denny, I don't know if you heard this week, but we have started our sixth branch of the military, mm. the Space Force. Which, it's not what you would think. Like, it's not a... Star Wars machines fighting each other with lasers in space. I think it has much more to do with satellite technology and and being able to uh, basically spy on other people from space. That seems to be what it's about. But we have an Air Force general named John Raymond who's heading this up, a career military man who has an unusual amount of, of new power in his hands and the things you can do with it. So I want to say to old John... Who's, who's a career military guy who has about 1,500 medals. I looked it up on Wikipedia. It's very strange. But I want him to not fuck it up and manage to somehow uh, cause intergalactic warfare, which I've seen in fantasy films since I was a child and I'm very scared of. I mean, the, the coincidence of this administration at the same week that Star Wars 9 comes out like the end of the Skywalker stories, and we have our our space force. It's 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 a little ridiculous, but it's I no guess coincidence, friend. But I guess that's the world that we're living in, yeah, where J.J. Yeah. Abrams and George Lucas are making policy decisions. <laughs> Might as well. My don't fuck this up. Person of the week is Wendy's Twitter account, or so I guess they're a don't fuck this up thing of the week. So during the Sixers Wizards game in the city of brotherly love over the weekend. Two Wizards fans called Isaiah Thomas of the Wizards a bitch, among other things, just so that he missed a foul shot, not for the good of their team, Benny, but so that they could get a Frosty. A That's cool right, a Wendy's Frosty. The 76ers have a Frosty freeze-out promotion, which I, I, I think a certain Mr. Bruce Springsteen would like some royalties on that <laughs> promotion, designed to get fans riled up to distract opponents from taking foul shots during... The second half, if an opposing player misses both of his foul shots after 
being fouled in the third or fourth quarter, fans get a frosty. And my disappointment has nothing to do with the actual incident on the court. My disappointment is with the fact that Wendy's hasn't been able to turn around a video for their social platforms with Isaiah Thomas and a fan a la Aviation Gin did with Peloton. Ah. So, Wendy's, the ball is literally in your court. You have the headlines. <laughs> Prove to the people once and for all that you are the baddest corporate Twitter account on the web. Wow. That's, <laughs> That's a high bar. It's a hot take. That's a hot take. I love a Frosty. Oh, I do. Isn't it funny how... Why are there vanilla Frosties? That's a who, thing? Who wants that? When did that happen? That was like a couple of years ago. Oh, there, I didn't there even... are There are... Like, I don't... I'm not a big chocolate person, but the, but like the the chocolate frosty or the frosty in general it's is just the only the way you frosty. do it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. You don't mess with something like that. That's an all time classic. I want to talk about Isaiah here a little yeah. bit. First off, he puts me in this really really strange corner where I have to support a Philadelphia crowd. Okay, which is a really hard thing for me to do because it's not as if I hate Philly sports teams inherently. You know what I mean? The yeah. people who make them up and stuff. I don't even know. It is the Philly fans, particularly an Eagles fan more than a Sixers fan, <laughs> but who have rubbed me wrong through the years. So to take this, uh, this position is difficult for me. But I think we got to talk about one thing with this Isaiah Thomas thing, which is and it's been permeating in the league a couple years, and Russell Westbrook did it last year as well, which is this, like, I'm a man, I got a family, so that's the reason I'm going into the stands to defend myself. When, like, I'm a man with a family, my instinct probably would be the exact opposite thing, to be a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because I watched this video, and... And Isaiah Thomas got damn lucky this time. He just sauntered into the crowd. He didn't tell anyone. His teammates didn't know. Security didn't know. He just like literally went into six rows of the stands and just started talking to these guys. Now, in that situation, like you don't know who you're walking by, who's going to touch you, who's wasted drunk. And all of a sudden, somebody puts their hand on your shoulder. And we got like malice in the palace, too. Over in a Philly, frosty. over a, not even, a, <laughs> yes, kind of over a frosty, which is sort of what it goes down to. And that's where it's sort of this like when keeping it real goes wrong, mm. where, <laughs> where uh, you know, like you think this is the right thing to do for like your family, which is to like defend your manhood in that way. And if there's anything I've found from having a family, like half of being a man is just eating shit. It is. It's like it's like all the things you would want to do with that rage and that, you know, the, that like manly spirit. There's like a reason men do like really bizarre things in their like 40s and 50s and right. 60s to like, like, I'm going to go race a car with my friends for a day and play, uh, just do all these things to get it out. Because like you're kind of swallowing that part of yourself a lot. And what was actually better for Isaiah Thomas's family? You know what I mean? Is it better for him to like potentially be like the next Ron Artest and have that on your name, which is the only thing people will talk about if it happens. He doesn't have enough of a NBA backlog exactly. to, to let anything else write his story. So what's better for your family? You know what I mean? Going out and beating up some drunk schmuck in the fucking audience and causing like the biggest thing in basketball history or just, you know, going to security being like, hey, the guy up there like called me a bitch. You want to go like, you know, maybe move him or something. 
That's really all it takes. And the only thing to get from A to B is to swallow that like little bit of manhood that would make you puffy chested about that. Like you don't know those fucking people. You know what I mean? You yeah. know that they're trying to get to you and they got to you. You know? Like, what are you gonna do? So I think that uh it's like the really, really wrong way to go. And um I think people should really consider like what it is to just like be a man and then the way you want to present yourself in that way. They also like revoked and you know, I'm a season ticket holder for the Nets. Apparently they revoked this the person's seats who these people bought that from. So now I'm I, I gotta look StubHub policy to see like when I sell my off games, if I'm actually responsible for the behavior of the people sitting in my seats, which it sounds like I am. So <laughs> I can see a situation where you know there's like there's like a Tuesday night game, like they're playing like the Nets are playing Charlotte, though you may want to go see Devontae Graham. Yeah, I'll check out Graham. Crushing it. But you give those seats away. I go, yeah. and I just start being, Kyrie, the earth is not flat. <laughs> and then next thing you know, Kyrie's up by wherever your seats are. And I just cost Benny years of equity with the Nets over yeah. one flat earth comment. I mean, but half respect to Kyrie if he makes his way up to the 200s <laughs> to say that, you know? I don't know if he's making that escalator ride. <laughs> I don't have that uh, Joey Badass, the Joey Badass hookup, whatever he does. All right, Benny, first topic. Chris basketball, or however the heck you say that ESPN promo that they've been running for their games. We have a slate of games on Christmas, and to be honest with you, Benny, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. Oh, yeah. We have no Knicks this year. Thank goodness for everybody. That's that's the greatest gift Adam Silver could give all of us this year. <laughs> but the NBA took some gambles with the Christmas games, and it's looking like some of them aren't going to pay off. So you got the marquee games here. You got Bucks Sixers. That's great. Honestly, I've thought so hard about going down to Philadelphia for this game. Yeah. 230 tip, that's tough. That's tough on Christmas. Lakers-Clippers, another marquee game. And then I'd say Celtics-Raptors, you know, Benny, to put it in music terms, they're like opening the day of like the main stage at like a music festival. And then you have the up-and-coming tent that is Rockets-Warriors and (laughs) Nuggets-Pelicans. So, Benny, we have quite the spread this year, a little variety, a little bit of everything. Obviously had a lot of high potential, you know, with Zion and what the Warriors could have been this year. But what do you like this year? Well, I like the game, uh, uh, what you said. So so we kind of have the Battle of the East starting the day. Right now, the uh, two through five seeds in East are only separated by a game. And the two through six seeds are only separated by a game and a half. And that's a huge uh, difference when it comes to playoff time. Anybody who's slipping into that five and six seed and has to play on the road against very good teams, which you'll probably wind up playing a Boston or a Philly or an Indiana at home in the first round, which is difficult. So I think the first games have a lot of uh, a lot of sway in the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, Jason Tatum put up 39 last night, and the Celtics are really trending up, even though no Gordon Hayward, no Marcus Smart. But again, for Toronto, just lost Marcus All, Pascal Siakam still out. So uh, it's sort of a... Um, it's going to be like a little bit of a battle between part bench play. And, and, and I think that's a bit of a theme of this day is going to be what these teams want to show to the other teams because these really look like the potential playoff matchups we're going to see. Bucks Sixers is definitely the battle of the East. And your boys, the Bucks, have a real chance to just put their stamp 
on this right. whole thing. They're already five games up from anybody else. And if they go into Philly and handle Philly the way I think they very easily could by the way they look, I think that definitely separates them as the true class of the East, which is already becoming apparent. Uh, the Heat played more zone than any other team in the NBA against the Sixers the other night and shut them down. And it's becoming the the Ben Simmons uh, trap-out method from the playoffs is starting to carry over into mm. the regular season where teams are daring them to shoot threes already. They don't want to. And that shooting deficiency that we talked about earlier in this podcast is already showing up. And the Bucks are like the longest team I've ever seen. Mm. I, it, you know, like I don't think there's a guy in that team who doesn't have a wingspan six inches bigger than his height, and that's part of their philosophy. So I think it's going to be a real tough game for Philly, but an entertaining game. I got to disagree a little that Rockets' dubs are uh, are like the opening tent. I think it's more They've like, got one good song maybe that Yeah, yeah. So the Rockets are like like – the band headlining the side tent. They're like someone who was real big 10 years ago who had a couple songs and now they're headlining the side tent. And the Warriors are like that band you sort of heard of 10 years ago whose singer just kept going and replacing all the other members because everyone else is new. I think that's, and they're going to open the stage because of how bad they are now. But, uh, but, but, as we know, like this isn't the uh, long-term story for the Warriors. L.A., L.A. They're about to go full journey, get a brand new lead singer, uh, and be yeah. touring all over the place. I, well, yeah, the, soon they're going to have LaMelo Ball. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then they're Even though be... there's a case to be made that James Wiseman would fill that old KD role perfectly. But, Is that right? The yeah. KD role? Yeah, the, old, the old KD role. We're imagining James Wiseman as a perimeter player? I think he could be. Yeah, I watched some of his Memphis games. He he has that potential. It's it's I couldn't. I love that we're talking about eighteen and nineteen year olds right I now. I couldn't think of a scarier draft pick than that guy right now. Yeah. Just that, with with so such little Anthony Edwards. I really like he that looks guy. Great. The kid out of Georgia, Tom Crean guy. So obviously I'm biased, but no. Yeah, no. I think... He certainly seems like more of a sure thing. Yeah, he seems to me. Out of the top three you're looking at with Wiseman and Ball and Edwards, which seems to be shaping up, uh, he seems to be the most sure thing. But I think the upside of Ball is really yeah. interesting right now. Yeah. And imagining a backcourt that weaves in Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and what I imagine could be a functional LaMelo ball. Like that's interesting. But for Christmas day, they have to deal with D'Angelo Russell and yeah, the cast of and Jordan Poole and Amari Spellman yeah. and all these guys. Yeah. Um, LA, LA, you know, we obviously know the uh, implication of the game, but I think it's who's going to play. Is Kawhi going to play? Is LeBron oh, going to play? Is they're AD all going to play. play? Is everyone out there? I have, I have no doubt that any, all, all of the guys on both sides are going to play because it is like, I feel like this one is like league mandated. It's probably going to be ABC. Mm, okay. It's probably going to be either like uh, I think it's prime time. So they need that game. So at like Silver made a call. Yeah, you can't load manage that game. Okay, I bet Silver made a, a, a DL call on that one, being like, guys, not this one, not this one. But I was wondering. I mean, that's where we we talked about it last week as people starting to use load load management as a strategy. Like you got LeBron last night. Exactly. So, you know, I, I didn't know if they wanted to show either the Clippers or the Lakers the full 
full bag of donuts right now, <laughs> you know, to be like, hey, you never beat us full. You know, they always want to have that in their card. And obviously, New Orleans at the Nuggets was a game people were interested in and scheduled to be a televised game just because of Zion Williamson. There's no Zion. The Pelicans are pretty bad. Nuggets are on a six-game roll, and uh, that should be a pretty pretty awful game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you got to fill me in on something. Yeah, what's So that? when I see this, I'm like, how nice it would be to like sit there in Christmas and watch five games in a row. I just simply can't. Oh, really? And, and I could never imagine a time in my life when I could, because even Jewish Christmas takes you out of the house. You know what I mean? You're at the movies and Chinese food. That's, See, that's what we would do. So who is, I got, who is I got this slate of games for, for? Like demographically, like when they're looking at these numbers, is it for families at home during Christmas or is it like single people during Christmas? You got to fill me in here. I, I don't know. So I've long had the theory that the Catholic Church and the game of basketball are in cahoots. <laughs> no, Tell me more. Think about it. <laughs> Number one, you have all, all of these Jesuit schools. I know, oh, coincidence, the Pope is Jesuit. Right, right. Have really good basketball programs. Look at your Gonzaga. Look at your Villanovas. I'm going to even throw... Marquette, Seton Hall, all these schools, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, 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 so they start young. Heck, they even start younger at the CYO level. And this may be a dollar slice take, but I firmly believe it. So it's been well cooked for, you know, <laughs> cooking six years of Jesuit sure. education. So the, the, the wonderful thing about the, the, the religious part of Christmas, right? Most of the time, you go to Mass or whatever uh-huh. on Christmas Eve. So then you have the whole day on Christmas to do whatever you want to do. And Pope Francis puts in a call, <laughs> and he's like, hey, Adam, let's get a slate of five games going for the people. And the tradition continues. I like this. Do you think that <laughs> now I'm imagining like the Pope and a bunch of cardinals <laughs> in like... Everyone thought it was like uh, Da Vinci Code, like the secret room in Vatican City would be, you know, like scrolls and, and, and bizarre things like that. But it's actually like you pull like this one Old Testament off the wall and the wall flips around and it's just like man cave. And it's Rick like, Pitino's recruiting yeah. board. <laughs> it's just 90 inch hologram TV. <laughs> they got drinks. They got a pool table back there. What do the Cardinals do to just, like, kick it, you think? I mean, yeah. They smoke some weed? You've heard all about <laughs> the turning water in, into wine, Benny. I mean, I don't yeah. need to, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably one of the only major religions that, that encourages drinking. It's true. Has, and that also moves over to the educational yeah. side of things with the institutions. So My homies might not even make it to New Orleans Nuggets. <laughs> You'll be blacked out by then. Have fun, guys. And then combine that with the Irish side of me. And I love just this over. theory. Yeah. I love this. I'm going with this. This is this is akin to to Brian Fallon's theory that uh, that Obama was just like ripping blunts at night in the White House, <laughs> which I'm like, nah, dude. It just couldn't happen. It just couldn't happen. He swears by it. All right, Benny. It sounds like we already got our dollar slice take of the week, but we have to do it for real. Let's cue up the music. It's time for our dollar slice take of the week. <laughs> I'm back to baseball. Oh yeah. So so remember how how we were introducing some some new things to add some life into baseball. I have some new ideas. Oh, I love it. Okay. Cool. So instead of intentional walks, it's always been boring. You know, no one ever liked. I can remember maybe twice in my baseball life I watched someone poke a bat out and and hit the intentional walk. I think Miguel Cabrera did it once. It was fun. 
but they're boring and to the point that now you can call an intentional walk and just let the guy go to first base. <laughs> boring. You don't even know what's happening. So I think instead, old school backyard style, you let the guy throw the ball up to himself <laughs> and hit it anywhere he wants in the park and try to place it somewhere to just get an easy single. And if you can't, you can't. That's my first. Second, turn the warning track into maybe a three to four foot moat filled with water maybe not animals or piranhas or anything i don't want people to be hurt but something they have to jump over to get to the wall to climb the wall and then when they're done they're gonna land in some water (laughs) these are my two (laughs) dollar slice baseball takes to 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 add some more juice into baseball what do you think i love it i mean i think i think baseball all baseball may not need more juice i mean the the past 20 years (laughs) it's definitely seen a lot of juice in terms of the athletes and the baseball no but man i'm 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 all here for it all right my dollar slice take of the week and i was going back between a couple this week but i landed on so eddie murphy returned to snl yes over the weekend i'm gumby Gumby, my, damn it. my dollar slice take of the week is in this era of streaming, how is there not an Eddie Murphy streaming service? The guy's mm. done enough movies. He has the entire SNL catalog. He probably has a better valuation than Netflix in terms of comedy mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You call it just Eddie, and then you Eddie. could even throw in the Whoopi Goldberg movie <laughs> for kicks and giggles on top of it. Eddie, the streaming service. I'm subscribing to that over Disney Plus, over Peacock, <laughs> yeah. over HBO Max. I don't even know what that is. So all of that, Eddie Murphy, then there's documentaries, Dolomite, he can do whatever he wants. Eddie Murphy Industries, I'm here for it. I love it. I got a question though. What's up? If you're gonna call it Eddie, does that mean any Eddie through history gets <laughs> to be part of this channel? Like any Eddie Griffin movie? Or, or you know, something like I'm, like are we including? I'm all so Eddies? happy to announce our involvement in the Eddie House documentary. Six Eddie bars. House, you better right. Eddie Money does the music. Like we, we have this all worked out. I like it. If you can get whoever made the monsters, we get the monsters on there for the. I think the trick to that, if you could figure out the way to get whoever made Shrek, Saturday Night Live, and say, let's say Nutty Professor. <laughs> all on the same page to release something on the same streaming service that sounds like quite a feat i'd be into it i mean if the catholic church can get the basketball and anything's possible (laughs) wasted they're wasted bottom half of the podcast which means we go to the top of the fold all right benny First story, the state of New York announced last Thursday that it would contribute $3.7 million to the Universal Hip Hop Museum, an $80 million institution dedicated to the musical genre set to open in the Bronx in 2023. Governor Cuomo signed off on the $3.7 million grant as part of a larger package to stimulate development throughout the state. My question to you, Benny, is should the state of New York contribute to a hip hop museum in the Bronx? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and you know, my instinct is just to be like, yeah, of course. Like, fuck you, of course. But to try to be a fair and reasoned person, I did a little research on some other stuff to make sure that this isn't something, like, wildly out of the norm. Mm. And a couple things I found that just quickly put me into the box that this is perfectly good money to be used 
uh, for something I personally appreciate and would would love to visit is that in the fiscal year, say just fifteen sixteen in New York, the state spent one hundred and fifty billion dollars. That was their spending budget. Okay, so three point seven million in the pie of one hundred and fifty billion is peanuts. Mm. We all know it is. Um, and then not to mention 60% of it's from income taxes. So if, if it was that big of a deal, then you can leave it to some like municipal Bronx vote to see if you actually want to like spend this money or not. Then I found out that the city of Cleveland gave $65 million for the building of the rock and roll hall of fame. So again, it's one of those things that like, uh, to say like hip hop is literally probably right now the most influential influential and culturally important music genre like there is right now so to it's almost amazing that there isn't one already right, and yeah. and to put it in question that there should be money towards this i think is crazy especially i mean what is bringing tourism to the bronx besides for you know yankee stadium and some other scattered you know, historical things from, you know, the Washington era and stuff up in, up in the North Bronx. Like, so to have a hip hop museum right in the Bronx curated by people who really care about it. I mean, I saw the article, you know, Curtis Blow is going to be part of it. Like Mm -hmm. Grandmaster Flash, like all the legends who are from New York itself. So I think this is an institution I'm uh, more than happy to, to get behind and, uh, and think the money is, is well suited for it. My issue with all of this isn't the fact that it's you know it's for a hip hop museum, but the the rapid gentrification that they're trying to do of the Bronx in the next decade in the 2020s is interesting because they're trying to build a soccer stadium in the South Bronx. They want this hip hop museum. Uh, they have at the Bronx Terminal. They've been doing a lot of pop up. Yeah, exhibits yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's very interesting to see the direction that that borough is going. And I just hope for the sake of everybody, because whenever there's cool stuff like this, like the price of living goes up, that they don't kick out the people that have been living there for years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that brings up just a, a huge problem you could spend a, a series of podcasts talking about, which is what is the the correct and proper way to inject life into old cities? Because... So far, the model has been, as you said, like corporate and realty gentrification. I mean, we I've seen it firsthand in this town being here 12 years. Right. I was almost uh, part of the beginning of gentrification, and, <laughs> and now we're seeing the full-on uh, fallout of it, honestly. So that brings up a huge question about that. But, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in the Bronx. I worked at a wood shop in the Bronx for a year uh, not that long ago. And, you know, there are parts of there that are um, that are food deserts, that yeah. are transportation deserts. There are places in the Bronx that like that. I mean, it, it, it's almost the point I made before that the fact that there's one hundred fifty billion dollars in spending and there's there's neighborhoods who have the kinds of services that that neighborhoods in the Bronx have is like pathetic to me. And this isn't like putting like an LPGA museum in the middle of the Bronx, too. This seems culturally appropriate. You know what I mean? Mm. That something that people would actually want to see come from all parts of the Bronx to see, come from all boroughs to see. So uh, normally I'd agree with you. I think this is like a unique case of something that just seems to fit. It's not really my, you know, say. Yeah. Because I don't live there. 
Um, but it, it seems appropriate to me. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of community outreach and yeah. they're going to help the community. So things are looking up for the Bronx in terms of development and stuff like that. So that'll be an interesting thing to follow. And there's an easy way to get more money. You know, most of these museums, I was looking into the, the Country Museum Hall of Fame and stuff, you know, most of it's private donors and grants. And if you have a good enough organization behind this, there's a lot of money in hip hop, man. Like to think you couldn't get... 20 hip-hop artists through history to throw a million dollars into this thing. I think it's, it's very possible. Yeah. Uh, and then my other idea would be to attach a graffiti museum. Oh, that'd be you really know, cool. graffiti was, was birthed in the Bronx and, and has you know, literally been born throughout the world in, in different styles. And a lot of the, the artists like you know, Shepard Ferry and Cause and, uh, have become really real. And Banksy have become, you know, huge uh, visual artists you know known throughout the world who also have heaps of cash so <laughs> i think uh maybe maybe add the graffiti section to the museum too and then hit those guys up for money make it sponsored <laughs> by the museum of modern art they already exactly. added a new one yeah. at hudson yards add yep. one up in the bronx that's be right beautiful that's right all right benny next topic a lot of employers complain about productivity at work and no i promise you this isn't a read we're getting into our next story danny you telling me i shit too long <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying you're supposed is... to be reviewing topics benny get off the toilet and what i may have to install is a uncomfortably sloped toilet designed Ugh. to flush out procrastinating employees i'd quit that's right i'd quit they are making <laughs> toilets now that allow you to sit on a toilet for five minutes before it starts lowering down number one how is this possible how does this not disrupt the entire flow and the absolute plumbing of everything? Well, I got to stop you there. The thing doesn't move while you're on it. You start on a grade. You begin on a third. Oh, I was going to so, say. So the whole concept is this, is that you begin your poop or pee, whatever <laughs> yeah. you're doing there, on, a, on an 11 to 13% grade. And the science says that after about five minutes, it's so unbearable to like your legs and back and body that you can't sit there anymore comfortably. You know what's so, gonna happen. So it doesn't like keep bringing you up until it just slides you <laughs> off, which is kind of an awesome concept. <laughs> That's my dollar slice day, man. I've had so many. Yeah. This entire pod's been dollar yeah, slice yeah, day. Yeah. So, so that's the concept. I mean, it's really bizarre. You've worked in more corporate situations than me. Like, oh, serious would install. So, so oh, can you okay, tell me? Yeah. Can, can you shine a little light to me about like? Have you ever been in a, I haven't been in a situation since high school where anyone cared about what I was doing in the bathroom and for how long. <laughs> you know what I mean? This has been okay yeah. for me. Uh, and I spend a lot of time in the bathroom. So, so say, for instance, you're at work, like, is there a sign-in sheet? What happens at these corporate environments that this is necessary? Well, Sirius is, is, is cool about it, but I'm also okay. eager to get back to work. That I had one job <laughs> right out of school. And I'm not going to say where. Like, if you know... Shout you out, know. Matt Deutsch, if you're listening. What's up, bud? <laughs> um, but I had my, my first job out of school. I was overnight production assistant, which is okay. Hell. It's actual hell. That's tough. What are the hours on that? It was 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. Tough, 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 shift. tough, tough. Fireman shift. Exactly. Yeah. So, and there were a couple times where I would go into the bathroom and just conk out. Quick nap. Yeah. Yeah. Set an alarm or just. I would just forget. <gasps> So, n needless to say, this place, 
it wasn't working out. Sure. Um, but the the amount of times where something like that, I could very much see them ins- instituting. But yeah, so I mean, a lot of in in these creative environments. I mean, I haven't been in like 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 a, like a rigid like like a Goldman Sachs, or right, like, right. like something like that. So I I don't know how that is, but I could see a lot of places installing this toilet, Benny. Really. Also, the other thing I could see with the advent of the so the with the advent of this toilet, it starts for one thing. But dude, if you don't think that this gonna become some sort of exercise class where people try to work ah, on their glutes th- okay. by way of it, heck, if Soul Cycle can become a thing like the wall sit, you just kind of make the technology a little different. Yeah, it's kind of amazing if you could get rock hard abs by shitting for fifteen <laughs> minutes. That's, that's kind because of you're losing approach. weight. Not only yeah. are you losing weight, Talk but you're about toning six the minute core. abs. This is <laughs> Benny. This is our Peloton. Oh, <laughs> uh, we gotta market this. I mean, I, I I thought about this a bunch. So I think in reality, you know, I've been shitting now for let's say on the toilet for a good you know, 36 years or so. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. And I think I've spent less than five minutes, maybe about three times out of, <laughs> you know, tens of thousands at this point. It's it's like the idea of almost getting through the process. I grew up in one of those houses with a rack of magazines <laughs> next to the toilet, books, magazines. Like this was, you know, when you, when you're in like a, a, a two bedroom apartment with like your mom and your brother and like all these people, like, Toilet time is like, that's like sanctuary time. You know what I mean? I'm certainly not pooping every time I'm in there. Are you crazy? Especially now with kids. This is like the only door that locks that you're not allowed in. So so I'm almost offended by that concept. What about people who get the itis? You know what I mean? Who go to work, you eat the bad roast beef. And you get the itis at work, and you're like, and you're in the middle of like this really painful situation, and then your legs and back start to hurt on top of it. That's not nice. That's just almost almost fair. And the employer won't provide you with good enough insurance, so all of this well, is on you. You know what they said in the ad? The thing that's a win-win for everybody is that they're going to help us prevent hemorrhoids. That's what they said. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you looking out. That sounds now. Another thing, now here's the other turn to it, where corporate culture, I think, is often thinking with blinders. You know what I mean? Like they think of this old school method of productivity and minute by minute, like crunch, crunch, crunch. What they don't allow is the freedom of the mind and the mind to do, to do wonderful things on its own with some free time. They're not recognizing the cognitive and creative elements of a bathroom break. I have had some of my finest ideas through life sitting on the can. Just in those moments of silence when you actually have a minute to reflect and you're just like, huh, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. So I don't think they're recognizing that either. They're, they're turning their employees into, into lab rats who will start chewing on ropes and such to just get out of work. It's not the environment that works. And I think companies like this should should Google how they do it in, like, Scandinavia. Those motherfuckers work, like, 25 hours a week, and they're more productive than we are. They figured it out. So I think that's what we got to start looking at, too. All right, Benny. They're running out of real estate on this podcast, which means it's time for our token meme of the week. You done messed up, A.A. Ross! Hey, hey, hey. The whole summer has been an ongoing meme video. Uh, <laughs> and let's get it going. 
Well, last night, Mr. Ryu, formerly of the Dodgers, has signed with the Toronto Blue Jays on a four-year, $80 million contract, which uh, doesn't bode well for the AL East. It's getting a little tougher over there, especially since they might trade for David Price. But not being said, Scott Boris hit the $1 billion threshold in contracts last night. It's not even Christmas. So the token meme of the week will be Scott Boris dressed as Scrooge McDuck (laughs) on top of a golden pile of coins. Because this is the only way I can imagine that guy. He does some really clever stuff to get that rich. I can't hate him for it. But, whoo, man, that guy's loaded. My token meme of the week is Keenan Thompson. That's right. He's also very rich, a lot like Scott Boris. (laughs) And the reason why he's our token meme of the week Benny, I don't know if you saw Eddie on SNL yet. It was really good. Just the highlights. Really good. So there's Eddie. He comes out for his monologue. First, he brings up Tracy Morgan. Then he brings up Chris Rock. And then Dave Chappelle comes in. Classic. Awesome. And then, you know, they have Beck Bennett comes out trying to add, like, oh, like, I'm like the white guy, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And then, like, Keenan Thompson comes out and be like, I got this. So, so many people got mad at Keenan Thompson for thinking quote-unquote he belongs on this stage with those other four which is a little crazy to get mad at that i mean number one he's been doing snl for 20 years keenan legend in his own right yeah but the look he has on his face in this picture is like it's like he he's revisiting the fat albert character and he's like <laughs> like i'm here with these guys so it was probably a super cool moment for him. Probably a super cool moment for everybody yeah. up on that stage, to be honest with you, because everybody loves Eddie Murphy. He's a lot of the reason why a lot of these guys get into com- comedy in the first place. And who doesn't love Keenan at this point? Right, exactly. You're crazy. Well, um, and if you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you can hear Amino Hassan's rant yesterday about Keenan Thompson. We posted it on demand. Amino Hassan, not a fan of Keenan Thompson. No? He haw. Oh. <laughs> There's oh, a, we're gonna have to tune in. I'm curious. There's a whole lot of there, let's just say the, for him, there's a whole lot of layers to this. But personal beef, m- maybe not maybe. a good burger fan. <laughs> his, his 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 direct quote yesterday was, "Let's just say when Keenan and Kel were on Nickelodeon, he thought Kel was funnier." <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. That runs cool. deep. That runs yeah. deep. Um, I think we gotta have a meet on to talk about that. I don't know about that. Exactly, but my token meme, Keenan Thompson, because he is looking in this picture like we all would be if we were on stage with Tracy Morgan, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, and Chris Rock. Starstruck, humbled, and happy all in the same moment. So for once, it's a positive token meme of the week. I love it. Keenan Thompson, we love you. Keep grinding. Here's to maybe 20 more seasons of SNL. Yeah, you deserve your Emmy. Run with it. Run with it. And all of that money you get from executive producing the three shows that you're involved with right now. Plenty of ways to get in contact with this show. You can email us at thetuneuppodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at thetuneuphq. You can follow him on Twitter at Benny Horowitz one Number one in your mind, number one in your hearts, number one on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, anything else? Just uh, have a great week, have a great holiday, and everybody love everybody. You have been listening to The Tune-Up.